Uh, Lord, we just thank you for tonight. I thank you for these who've come out on this cold night, so close to Christmas, so much going on. Father, I pray that you'd honor their commitment to you and your house. Father, for our time of prayer to be special as we just uh, bear our hearts before you, as we dig into your word and grow and learn. And Lord, we just love you. We just thank you for the work you've done in our hearts. And we just pray your favor, your blessing upon your word now, even as I preach it, I pray that you'd use me. And Lord, um, that we would just stand in awe of who you are and prepare us to, to walk with you so well in the short life that we have on this earth. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen and amen. All right, well, imagine a football player being tackled or tackling with no helmet. How'd you like to be that guy? I mean, you're talking, or no pads, all right? You're a football guy, right, Vince? I mean, you're a tough guy. Would you like to do it without a helmet, without pads? <laughs> okay, imagine a baseball player trying to field or catch a ball. No glove. You're talking broken bones. <laughs> you're talking a lot of errors. You're talking losing a game. Imagine a runner. How many runners here among us? You're all in sin. <laughs> Imagine a runner wearing the wrong shoes, wearing high heels, wearing work boots, wearing dress shoes or flip-flops. You're talking mangled feet. You're talking sprained ankles. You're talking blistered feet. Anyway, ill-equipped athletes are going to be losing athletes. Ill-equipped athletes are going to be losing athletes. If you don't have the right equipment, you're going to lose. So the right equipment makes all the difference. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Okay, same thing is true with Christians. There are a lot of Christians in this life that are losing because they're ill-equipped. They're making a lot of errors because they're ill-equipped. And they're suffering a lot of unnecessary injuries because they're ill-equipped. Why? Because every single day, a lot of Christians wake up and they go outside unprotected. And I'm not talking about not having a winter coat. I'm talking about spiritual protection. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. You know the passage. Ephesians chapter 6. We are studying Pilgrim's Progress. A man named Christian is making his way to the celestial city. He's going to heaven. And John Bunyan wrote this incredible allegory to teach us about the Christian life. And we're studying this book, but really we're studying the scripture behind the book. Last time we saw this man, pilgrim, Christian, he was in the Palace Beautiful. How many of you remember what the Palace Beautiful was? Anybody? It's the church. The Palace Beautiful is God's house. It's the church. It, it's a place for Christians to come and rest. It's a place for God's people to come and learn. It's a place for God's people to be refreshed. That's what the church is. That's where we are tonight. Place to come midweek into God's house. And so we see Christian, pilgrim, and he's in God's house. He's in the palace beautiful is what it's called. He's been given a tour of the house. He's been looking at all the different rooms and he's learning things. And the last time we saw him, he was in the study and he was learning about faith. And John Bunyan took us into Hebrews chapter 11 to learn about the great hall of faith and these men and women who live by faith and challenged us to live by faith. There's another room that he goes into before he leaves the church, before he leaves the palace beautiful. And the room is the armory. Let me read you this passage out of the book. Now he bethought himself of setting forward and they were willing he should. But first they said, let us go again into the armory. So they did. And when he came there, 
They harnessed him from head to foot with what was of proof, lest perhaps he should meet with the assaults of the enemy on the way. They wanted to make sure before a Christian left the house beautiful, the church, that he was fully equipped to face what he was about to face in that world. Christian, you need to be fully equipped to face what's coming in the world around us. The passage that they're referring to is Ephesians chapter 6. And I want to read verse 10 through 13 to you. Verse 10 through 13 of Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. I've titled this message, Armor Up. Say that with me, Armor Up. And we're gonna learn some things about armoring up. The first one is this, it's God's strength or I lose. Say that with me. It's God's strength or I lose. I can't win in this life unless I have God's enablement. So in verse 10, he says, finally. In other words, I'm at the end of my letter. The apostle Paul is, he's writing to the church at Ephesus. He's wrapping it up and he's saying, would you please pay attention, Christians? Please pay attention. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And so victory in life requires humility in life. Victory in this life requires humility in this life because I'm not supposed to be strong in myself, but in the Lord. And what does it mean to be strong in the Lord? It means to be strong in the person of God, in the ways of God, to be strong in the knowledge of God and to be strong on reliance of God. Think of it that way. I need to be strong in the Lord if I'm going to win in this life, spiritually speaking. So I need to be strong in the person of God and the ways of God, the knowledge of God and reliance on God. And he says, be strong. This is continual action. It means be strong, not just today, but every single day. You and I need to be strong in the Lord each and every day, must have full reliance on him. Notice here, he doesn't, he doesn't say the answer is more money. He doesn't say the answer is a better job. He doesn't say the answer is a more whimsical personality or greater self-esteem or learning more knowledge or deeper friendships or better connections. He says, no, you gotta be strong in the Lord. Full reliance on him, strength in him. Why? Because God alone is all powerful. God alone is all-knowing. God alone is everywhere present. You must be strong in him. So armor up. It's God's strength or I lose. Secondly, it's full armor or I'm vulnerable. Say that with me. It's full armor or I'm vulnerable. Now he mentions this twice, verse 11 and also verse 13. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God. Verse 13, Take up the full armor of God. So, so twice, put it on and take it up. You know, uh, I've got five kids. Uh, most of them are grown and gone. I remember the three boys in particular. Um, Carl and I would have to dress them. And then eventually they could dress themselves. So we laid their clothes out for them. And they grew, they matured. They learned how to dress themselves as well as our girls. 
Christian, you got to start dressing yourself every single day without fail. And you need to dress yourself fully. You know, it'd be pretty awkward if I would have come in here tonight and I didn't have a shoe on. <laughs> I'm preaching without a shoe. Or if I didn't have a belt on and I'm hiking my pants up the whole time I'm <laughs> preaching. Or if I didn't have a sweater or a shirt on and I'm just <laughs> bare up top. You'd be thinking, what's wrong with this guy? You're probably thinking that anyway. But what's wrong with this guy? How many Christians are not fully dressed every day? They're not spiritually dressed the way they should be. We're not going to look at this passage tonight. We'll look at the rest of this another time. But verse 14 through 18, he gives the clothing, and you know the clothing. Having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking up the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then two or three verses, oftentimes they're skipped. He talks about the importance of prayer and prayer and petition and praying at all times in the spirit. And so he says, there's all these Christians out there that aren't properly dressed. I had a professor in seminary, uh, Dr. Howard Hendricks. Anybody here Howard Hendricks? He was the most incredible professor I've ever had. He's with the Lord now. He said, you know what? We got all these Christians running around naked except for the helmet of salvation. <laughs> they're saved, but they're, they don't have their shield. They don't have, they don't have faith. They don't have anything. They're saved, but they're so vulnerable. Make sure you are fully clothed, spiritually speaking. So it's God's strength or I lose. It's full armor or I'm vulnerable. Third, it's understanding the enemy or I'm foolish. We have got to understand our enemy. We need to know our enemy. Look what he says here in verse 11 and 12. Put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggles, not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So right off the bat, he says, there is a scheming devil. He's not make-believe. He's not pretend. He's not some guy with a pitchfork and red and horns. As a matter of fact, he was the highest created being ever made by God. He's the covering cherub that walked in the garden, was on the mountain of God, among the stones of fire. I want you to understand who he is. The most incredible being ever created. He is a thing of beauty, is who he is. And he fell because of pride. We're told he's a scheming devil. He's tricky. He's conniving. He's deceptive. Consider the names of the devil in scripture. Let me give you some. In Genesis 3.1, he's called the serpent. He's sneaky. Luke 10, he's, this, he's Satan. In John 8, he's called the devil, a murderer, a liar, and the father of lies. 2 Corinthians 4, he's the God of this world. In Ephesians 2, he's the prince of the power of of the air. In Revelation 12, he's the dragon, the great dragon, the accuser of the brethren. 
In Matthew, he's the tempter, Matthew 4. In Isaiah, he's the star of the morning. In John 10, he's the thief. In 2 Corinthians 11, he's the angel of light. And in 1 Peter 5, 8, he's your adversary, the roaring lion. We know how powerful he is. We go to the book of Job and we see the utter devastation and destruction he can cause in a man's life. The destruction he can cause to a man's family, his health, his wealth, his home, his friends. It is amazing the destructive power of Satan, the devil. Please understand this. There is a lying, murdering, tempter, appearing good who stalks you. And please don't forget that. And it's pretty serious. There is a lying, murdering, tempter who appears very good, who stalks you and stalks your children and stalks your grandchildren. That's who he is. He utilizes the playbook from hell. They're called schemes. He's a schemer. He's been running these plays with great success for thousands of years. You're a football coach. You've got some good plays, I'm sure, that, that work well for your team. He's got some good, good plays that works well for his team. He knows how to take us down. How many of you have heard the Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis? I encourage you to read that. 31 letters written from a senior demon, Screw Tape, to his nephew, Wormwood. Very creative from the enemy's point of view. Scheming devil, and it is a spiritual battle. Verse 12 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's a struggle. It's the word meaning wrestle. It's kind of like hand-to-can combat. Exhausting is what it is. Notice he says, you do not wrestle, you do not struggle against flesh and blood. Please understand this, Christian. Your true enemy is not another Christian. Your true enemy is not your neighbor or your coworker or some relative. Your true enemy is spiritual. You don't wrestle against flesh and blood. There is something much deeper going on. He's a scheming devil. It's a spiritual battle. And there are a host of enemies. Host He says, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces, against this dark of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And don't don't miss this. He says it four times. Against, 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 against. You have adversaries, spiritual adversaries that are against you, against you, against you, against you. So many Christians don't have a clue what they're up against. And how much more careful we would be to dress appropriately with the battle armor if we really understood what we're up against. My prayer is you're going to leave here tonight and you're going to pray and you're going to dress more appropriately and you're going to realize the danger you are in and the danger your family is in, the danger your Christian friends are in. John seems to indicate in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 4, that one-third of the angels fell from heaven when Lucifer, when Satan fell. It says, and his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. Most commentators believe this is 
looking at the angelic world. And that when Satan was cast out of heaven, one third of the angels were cast out with him because they rebelled. And that is who would make up the rulers and the powers and the world forces and the spiritual forces of wickedness. So Christian, armor up. It's pretty serious. It's God's strength or I lose. It's the full armor or I'm vulnerable. It's understanding the enemy or I'm foolish. And then lastly, it's standing firm and not giving an inch. It's standing firm or evil wins. Verse 11, verse 13, and verse 14 all say the same thing. Stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Having done everything to stand firm second time. Verse 14, stand firm, therefore, three times. It's the picture of a boxer that, that's just not going to back up. He's just, he's going to stand his ground. You have to spiritually stand your ground if you're going to win. Don't give in. It's the picture of being solid and being firm and being unbending and understanding you can resist. You can resist. It's not hopeless and you're not helpless. It's not hopeless and you are not helpless. Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, what? Who can be against us? So it's nothing to fear, but be wise. Because if God is for us, who is against us? So armor up. It's God's strength or I lose. It's full armor or I'm vulnerable. It's understanding the enemy or I'm foolish. And it's standing firm and not giving an inch or evil wins. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this incredible passage that we've started to look at. And I just pray that you would open our eyes and our minds and our heart to the reality of what is going around us, on around us, even though we can't see it. And I want to pray for your supernatural protection upon each and every person that is here. I want to pray for your supernatural protection upon our children, our grandchildren, our spouses. I want to pray for your supernatural protection upon this church. Lord God, that you just put a hedge of protection around this place because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We look to you. We, we rely on you. Your strength is what we need. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.